Welcome to another episode of Pods and Pies. Today's episode is brought to you by... Uh, what, what, what? The pie. The pie. The pie. This is our first pie experience. Is this the first one? This is our first one. Dude, we've yeah. done Domino's. We've done Little Caesars. We've Summit. Done Summit Inn. We've done we've them done, all. Um, I think I've had the pie before. We've done... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that looks good. Okay. But we're, we're looking for... All we get is one pizza for every episode, right? Yep. And once a week when we do an episode... We just need one pizza company to sponsor us so we get one free pizza a week. That's all we're asking is literally one just free one. pizza. But yeah. Here, grab, you grab it. All right, so we got, this a is a buffalo chicken. I love buffalo chicken. Maybe it's, it's buffalo bacon. I can't even remember what I got. Buffalo something. Dude, it looks good. So today we have. This is girthy. It looks thick. Yeah, this is good. We have homies, homie, our homie. CEO, co-founder of Homie, Johnny Hanna. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So my first question to kick this off is in order to get in the big deal club, do you have to have white alligator skin boots? Um, that was not a, re a requisite. Okay. But the club is now, from what I understand, canceled. It's canceled. Okay. What's the so, big deal club? What is that? I didn't even hear that. I don't even know what it is. I had beef fish. I'm like, dude. What's something I can ask him that he'll be like, that's a good question. And he sent so that to me. The Big Deal Club was one of the best things that we ever created at Property Solutions that's now in Trotta. So we had Employee of the Month every single month and we rewarded somebody. And um, then we had Big Deal of the Month, which was a self-nominated award. So you would just proclaim your big dealness, your big dealhood in front of the company yeah and you would say i am a big deal because of this and then if it was like a talent you would showcase it if i uh, i mean there were just so many random things like one guy had an extended uvula like longer than most people it sits on his tongue he's like i'm a big deal because i have the longest uv uvula known to man and he <laughs> opened up his mouth took a picture and then we posted it up on the no the way. big screen and it showed this long uvula hanging on his tongue and it was super gross <laughs> and i'm like yeah you're totally a big that's deal, a big deal. So, that's a, that's a yeah, big that's deal cool. so yeah so we we had a really good time and yeah all sorts of awards um in the majority of our company meetings i think focused on the big deal so it got a little out of hand but it it just it was good camaraderie brought the company together we had a lot of fun with it what's uh what's your big deal did you ever do one I, I started the company and, and you know I co-founded Entrada and, and and started the Big Deal Club so that's from so like, your your big deal is starting the Big Deal Club yeah yeah you you can't start a club for big deals if you're not a big deal okay. yourself I love it I love it and I did have white alligator skin boots did you really have some I, I still have them <laughs> they're, they're I know I know Danny you're gonna ask him this but I let's I want to go back to the beginning with this Entrada's thing okay so anyway. Well, ask him what? Well, no, I mean, just like starting from the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always yeah. got the best questions. Okay, yeah, sorry. I always I have crappy questions. No. Um, okay, so yeah, take us. Are you married? Yes, married. Yeah, married. Kids. Lots How many kids? kids? I have seven kids and one boy coming in September, so number, number eight. eight. coming in wow. September. Yeah. How, what's their, like, our oldest old, to youngest? Our oldest is 12 years old. Oldest, 12. So, yeah, eight kids in 12 eight years. Eight kids, 12 years. Yep. You and, are insane. And they're all boys except for my little four-year-old princess. That's all Hallelujah, boys. dude. Yeah. Dude, you got a full team. Little yeah, girl. Lots of boys, yep. Any sport? Like, are they all playing sports? Anybody doing anything? You know, I told my wife when we were dating that I'd have five boys in a row when we, uh, you oh, know, when we were engaged. Yeah. And 
and I said that'd be my basketball team. They don't care for sports at all. Like, uh, they, they, they like acting. They like, uh, they do a bunch of these stop motion videos. Okay. You know, they, they, they like art. They do art classes every Saturday. So awesome. maybe, maybe they'll get into sports later on. Yeah. That, that's been my passion, but I'm fine if they don't. That sounds like yeah. my oldest. Yeah. He's the exact same way. Okay. Yeah. So one that's girl, how old your girl? Four. 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 Okay. Do you mind saying her name? Hope. Hope. Oh, My God. wife always hoped for a girl. Yeah, it's so. good. <laughs> Dude, your wife is a saint. Dude, yes. She is. She is, absolutely. Eight kids, man. Good for you. Well, good, man. That's amazing. Okay. All right, so did you grow up in Utah? No, I grew up in Pueblo, Colorado. Pueblo, Colorado. Pueblo, yeah, just okay. south of Colorado Springs. Yeah. A little, little town. Um and then my, my parents, we had a ranch outside of town, so I grew up on a cattle ranch, um, but I was allergic to horses and cattle and hay, so yeah. I had a really rough life as a kid, but my, my parents split. My dad moved to Billings, Montana. We were talking earlier, so he lives up there. So I split time between seeing my dad in Montana and my mom in Colorado, so I, I actually claim both states. Okay. Did that get you out of chores, like having allergies? Oh, like, ah, I can't, no, I can't do anything a, with the hay, Dad. Sorry. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. No way. Not a. Sorry. Not even a second. Sorry, son. <laughs> yeah. Man up. Cowboy up. <laughs> Cowboy up. I love it. Okay. So when when did you come to Utah? So um, I graduated from BYU Idaho in Rexburg, okay. and then uh, that was in 2003, and moved down here right after that to help start, uh, you know, my my first company with a couple buddies, Property Solutions. Okay. So we won that. They were at BYU. We won the BYU business plan competition that year. That was my senior year. It was my senior project that I used to help graduate up there. And, and then we moved down and, and just got the company going. Was it Rick's when you were there or was it BYU Idaho? It was they, Rick's my first two years. And then they changed. And then they changed and I just stayed there for the next two years. Yeah. So you're co-founder of Property Solutions now in Trada. And who, who, are, who are the other, I guess, founders? Who helped, helped you start it? Yeah, one of, one of the other co-founders, um, the current CEO, he and I grew up together in Billings, Montana. So that's where we knew each other. Oh, so okay. when my dad moved up there, um, his family had moved to Montana. So he was the new kid. I was one of the new kids. Like We both went uh, to Billings our senior year of high school. So again, that's where I bounced back and forth. I did a bunch of school in Colorado, a bunch of school in, in Montana. So he and, I, he and I always wanted to work together. And he moved from... Spokane, Washington, and one of his really good friends, he stayed in touch with, and he ended up co-founding the company with us. And then my other current co-founder of Homey, uh, Mike Trionfo, he was also a co-founder of ours at Intrada. Oh, okay, cool. So he oh, was okay. our CTO and co-founder. He's now our CTO and co-founder here. Sweet. So he, he, he coded everything there for us at Intrada, and now is coding everything for us at Homey. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. So. Um, I have a quick funny story maybe it's not funny so maybe property solutions you can take a bite while he's telling the story oh, yeah, that's yeah. True, that's true. get get in on that's that. a good opportunity yeah go up to <laughs> take a bite so i rem i remember like when we when i started my company with with my business partners back in 04 um maybe a year or so after that i remember we tried we came down into provo went across like the train tracks you know and there was this old just old office building, and met, I met with Dave Bateman, uh, me and my business partner, Matt Visser, met with him, 
because we wanted to, in, in a sense, integrate you know, our software of background checks into property solutions, some kind, right? Anyway, so that was the very first time I met Dave, and I, I don't remember meeting anybody else, um, but you know, from there, it's a very long, interesting, you know, not so you know, flattering story, at least of stories, multiple stories over like 10 years of, of at least my interactions with Dave, the company does different, right? I love, I mean, I have my, one of my best friends ever is Jared Hunsaker. Oh. Right, I grew up playing basketball with Jared, and then I have other friends there, like all the, these other employees, like I love, I love the company, I love the people, but never really had a great, it was just interesting and odd, this, the relationship with Dave, and I didn't know, like I said, didn't know anybody else, but that was, a, that was when I, we first were, were, you know, had at least some type of working relationship with Property Solutions. I mean, that's back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love Jared, one of my favorite people. Yeah. I've, I've done a lot of City League ball with Jared. Have you really? Yeah, that's so ah, cool. Ah, yeah. dude, I love it. <laughs> Freaking Jared. Um, so where did you meet your wife? Did you meet her? Did she grow up in Utah? Or did you meet her? Yeah, she's you? from Orem. We bought okay. a house about a half mile from where she grew up. Um, I met her about three years into starting the company. So 2006 is, is when we met, and we got married within about six months. So it was... I, I had dated a bunch of girls. I'd proposed several times. I'd struck out multiple times. And <laughs> it just was, we knew. She knew, I knew. It was like, I don't know why I wasted my time proposing to so many other women, you know? What, Knowing what? that, like, she was the one the What whole was her time. maiden name? Albie. Albie. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she lived about a block away from Ormai. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I, w I went to Mountain View. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's where you knew Jer Jerry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah sense so can we talk homie yeah so where where like where was homie birthed where did that idea like how did that all come about like you're at property solutions now try to write and then one day you're like hey we got this idea let's do this i mean how did that what did that look like yeah um you know homie's not uh, like people have tried to do it before you know, before Zillow existed, people weren't finding homes on their own. You, you had to hire an agent to find a home. You know, now you can just do it on, on your phone. So I don't know, for, for me, my first home that I bought was right by UVU. And when I went to sell it right before the crash, I hired an agent who stuck it on the MLS, like every agent does. And it sat there because it was right before the crash. It was, it was happening at that time. And I'm like, hey, what else are we doing to market this thing? He's like, all you do is stick it on the MLS, and if people are interested, they'll come by and buy it. Well, I built a website. I had website templates from Property Solutions, so I built a website for my home. I bought orumtownhomes.com. I boosted traffic to it, and I found my buyer. And I still paid 6%. And that's where I'm like, this is nuts. So you, you actually had, like, this wasn't just an idea. You had the, you had the experience. Yeah. And, and you said, this is... This sucks. Honestly, just about everybody I've talked to who's ever bought or sold a home feels similarly when you go to the closing table and see how much money you pay. But fast forward to uh, 2015, I just it was time for me to leave Entrada. I'd been there for 12 years, felt like I needed to do something new. Um, and so I told my co-founders that I, I wanted to move on and do something new, had no idea what I wanted to do. But transitioned over a couple months, and my last day was January 31st of 2015. And they threw me a going away party. And 
I didn't, you know, for the last several weeks, I didn't have anything to do. I was just kind of hanging out. I'd already hired a couple people to, to take over my roles and, and make a good transition. But that afternoon, I had a guy reach out um, and set up a meeting, a Mike Peregrina, and he pitched me on the idea for Homie my last day at Entrada. And I didn't know, again, I didn't know what I was going to do next. And he shared this whole pitch of, you know, automating the real estate industry. Um, let me know how hard it'd be to, you know, battle the realtors, but that somebody had to do it. You know, somebody's eventually going to disrupt that industry. Did you know Mike prior to this? No, no, he had just been introduced to me. He had been at okay. Mercado Partners, a venture capital fund. Yeah. And so really sharp guy, you know, I, I could tell this guy was bright and he pitched me on it and then he told me he was thinking of naming the company Homie. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm in. I, I don't actually even care what you, what we're gonna do. The fact that it's named Homie, like, this sounds awesome. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Sign so, me up. Um, yeah, my wife wasn't a huge fan of the name at the time. She loves it now, but um, <laughs> yeah. And then I reached out to my old co-founder, Mike Trianfo, and we just we got the team together, and within four months, founded the company and, and took <clears> off from there. So starting out, there's the three of you. That was in 2015. Yep. Fast forward to today, how many employees do you guys have? We have a little under 300. Okay, right so 300 employees in five years, four and a half years. You guys are killing it. No signs of slowing down. You know, we thought COVID was gonna hurt and our numbers are bigger year over year than they were, you know, 2019, we're still growing, like we're hiring. You know, it's, it, you know we, we, we put together a forecast thinking it was gonna be a little bit of a bumpy road and real estate, Total listings fell off a cliff, like people just didn't want to sell their home. So for the last several months, listings have, have been cut by about half. But there's still about the same number of buyers that are interested. And so there's just fewer homes available. So it's a really hot market. So anybody that's selling their home, it sells in record time. And you get multiple offers right now. Oh, yeah. So in, and with the market being down, like the total number of transactions are down, but hours are up and the way we see that too is that people are more interested in saving money now than they ever were before everyone Makes has sense. you know six or seven realtor friends and you don't want to necessarily have that hard conversation like hey i'm going to use homie um but right now with the need to save cash people are having those hard conversations and signing up with us yeah so how does that process work i say okay talk to my wife we're going to sell our house yep I go to homie.com yep. and what's next? Like, how does that work? And, and then on top of that explanation, speak to how, how did it truly disrupt the real estate agent you know, um, industry yeah. and why, yeah. why would they be pissed or not be pissed? Or, you know, I, I'm very intrigued in, you know, where, where that disruption is either on the back end, the front end or the whole process. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's in a lot of different ways, and it's not just the realtors who are upset at us. But yeah. the, the process goes, you go to the website, you can either sign up to talk to a realtor, because we, we have a bunch of realtors that we assign. Each client gets in a, a dedicated realtor. So in, in that sense, we don't necessarily see realtors going away because we are realtors. The difference is most realtors do about three deals a year. The average agent does three deals a year. Like I can't tell you, like in your profession, I'm sure you sell more than three contracts a year. And I don't know how you'd call yourself a professional other, you know, otherwise, but in this space, there's 19,000 agents that average three transactions a year. So we just thought, man, if we just did more transactions, we can lower the, the price to the consumer. And if we built technology to allow our agents to do, you know, maybe 
10 sales a month, you know, or five sales a month instead of three a year, you know, it would just be revolutionary. Yeah. And so that's what we've been doing. So our agents, you know, average a little under 10 transactions a month. And, you know, working with 10 clients every month isn't, it's not super taxing. Um, they stay busy, but our realtors don't have to hunt for business and fight other realtors. People like you guys would just go right to homie.com, sign up, and then one of our clients would, or one of our realtors would introduce themselves, say, hey, I'm your assigned agent. So you can't, like to Danny's question, you can't just go in, can you create your own profile and put yeah. up your own pictures, but no matter what, you're gonna get introduced to somebody. Yeah, and they'll help guide you through the process. And what happens is you fill out your information, you, you, list, out, you, you list your home details, and then we automatically, so this is where the tech play comes in, is in typical realtors would have to order photography, they'd have to go install a lockbox, they'd add all your information to the MLS, to Zillow, to KSL, all of that is automated. So this is partly how our agents can work with 10 clients a month. You know, they don't have to, they don't do have to spend any, the time to do all that. Crap. No manual data yeah. entry. The second you hit submit on homie.com, a photographer calls you and then sets up a time. Um, a lockbox is installed, a yard sign is installed. All of that just happens the second you hit submit. And then when your photography comes back, your realtor at Homie reviews it with you. It says, you know, here are the photos, any ones you wanna edit, you know, do you wanna rearrange them? Do you wanna redo the photo shoot? We guarantee high quality photos. So if you think of that too, with an agent who does three deals a year, you have no clue what you're gonna get. If it's your buddy who just got his license, you have no idea. So the consistency is one of the things we've disrupted. So beyond that, if you also think of the pressure that somebody who does three deals a year has on themselves to make that money, yeah. if an offer comes in, they're gonna say, take it. This yeah. is such a good offer. Because on a $300,000 home, you know, there's 6%, it's about 18 grand. And if, if uh, they sell it for 10,000 less, it's only a few hundred dollars less to them in commission. But to you, that might be a $10,000 difference. Right. You know, it's real money. So our agents are very low pressure. They just have, again, leads that come in that they work and they're paid uh, a salary plus they get bonused on NPS. So our, our client satisfaction scores. And so it's no pressure. It's like, hey, this offer came in. We think it's a little low. You can take it if you want, but your home's only been on the market three hours. You know, you, right. you're probably gonna get another offer. You can create a bidding war. So again, somebody who does 10 deals a month versus three deals a year, they also get experience, experience with real estate in the area, the local market. So the disruption is getting rid of the pressure, eliminating the high fees, and then with tech, smoothing out the process and making that consistent. So beyond that, we're a mortgage company. So when you go to buy a home with us, we then can help you get a loan and we don't pay the similar loan officer commissions that are out there. We also reduce those and pass the savings back to you. So we guarantee to give you the lowest interest rate. And then yeah. we're a title company, so we can help Which you I, close. Sorry, I just saw that the other day, right? You said on LinkedIn, you posted refi with us. If we can't get you a lower rate, we'll give you 500 bucks, we right? We guarantee $500. So you either yeah. get $500 or a or lower rate. Or you're getting rate. a lower rate. Yeah. yeah. So that's where like everything we've created, we've tried to make it a no brainer. We're now a title company. We do closings. You need home insurance when you buy a home. We're now a home insurance. We bundle in auto because- And these things are all new sense. within how long? Like well, the insurance and title and stuff like that. Insurance is about a year old. Okay. Title's about a year and a half old. Yeah. Uh, our, our mortgage company um, is about three years old. We did that okay. a little while ago. But yeah, it's 
it's all lined up. We've just acquired existing companies that are professionals in those areas and then just tied them in, tied them into the platform and made it streamlined for the consumer instead of having to jump around and pay high fees at each step of the process. There's so much added fat that we've gotten rid of. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where, you know, you look at 19,000 agents here in Utah, you know, just in Phoenix, we launched Phoenix. There's 45,000 agents, one agent per every square mile or no five agents per square mile in Phoenix. It's kind of crazy, Dang. but that's where, if you look at the total transactions that occur and look at how many deals our agents do, you really only need about 300 realtors total in the state of Utah to handle all the volume with our model, not 19,000. 19, so this is where the more market share we gain. And we're about seven, a little under seven and a half percent market share here in Utah. We're the biggest uh, brokerage at this point in, in total listings. And you know, if, if our agents do 10 deals in a month, there's a few agents that probably we're going to rely on those deals is their side hustle you know, or, or side income. So those agents actually employees, are these agents still independent and they come to you and say, I want to just, you know, with approval, whatever, apply with you or work with you. It's not the way it is. Like they work for the company, the agents work yeah. for the company. We just had a Century 21 agent I met this morning that just moved over from them. Like instead of having to battle all these 19,000 agents, you know, you probably have a couple in your neighborhood that are trying to convince you like, no, use me, I'm better than them. Yeah. And it's like, you both are charging the same rates. You know, somebody can maybe lower it. You don't know about that consistent process. So we have so many amazing realtors applying with us because they can get consistent leads. They don't have to cold call anymore. They are W2 employees. We give them stock options in Homey. We give them health benefits. So it's, and then they don't have that pressure for their friends and family that hire them right. to help them like, Hey, you should buy this more expensive home. It's like, well, I, I gave you the parameters of what I'm looking for. Like quit showing me homes that aren't in my parameter. Like yeah. that's the most, why common. do people then still hire? Why do people go out and hire agents now still? I mean, it's just cause they, it's just tradition. They just don't know, or they, they don't want to spend time looking for houses at all. I mean, I, no. it seems, it seems ridiculous now that there's a homie. Yeah, it's, that, why would you even hire a real estate agent? Lack of education. People just don't know what we do. Yeah, that's it. And and I have had a few people like I was interviewed on on a, uh, one of the news stations in Salt Lake, and the lady that was interviewing me right before she went on air, she says, "I hate you," and I was just like, <laughs> "Whoa, well, dude, that, that, that's not great for me." You know? <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be a fun interview. Yeah, this is odd. And she and she's like, "Well, she's like, I'll tell you the full story after." But she says, "I wanted to use you guys." My home was in Sugar House, and I knew it was going to sell in a few days. And I didn't want to give $26,000 to my brother-in-law. <laughs> and, and so we still had a little bit of time. I'm like, tell me, finish the story. And she's like, yeah, well, my, my in-laws told me, nope, your brother-in-law's our family realtor. That's who you go with. And so she felt pressured. She did it. Home sold in three days. She gave away twenty six grand, And she's just like, I'm so frustrated. And then I'm like, tell that story. I don't even interview me. Just tell that story. <laughs> you know, and she's like, no way. Like she doesn't want to have an awkward family reunion. Yeah. So that family pressure is real. But again, during COVID, this is where it's like, look, 26 grand can go a long way. Like oh nobody gosh. knows what's going to happen. And even now in a few months, like the government's not bailing out companies right this second, that money's done. So we don't know what the future looks like. So 26 grand in your bank is a nice cushion for rough times yeah. to come. Absolutely. So what does it cost? Oh, sorry. I don't know if you got, no, I'm just wondering like, what would it, what if I just wanted to put my house on homey 
even if I just wanted to test the market, like how much, how much out of pocket am I paying just even to see the bids, even if I don't even want to sell? Like what, what would I have, you know, I imagine people do that. Yeah, yeah, people do that. I mean, that. How do, what, what would it cost me just to nothing, see? Nothing, nothing. Really, like, but, but taking pictures though. I'm talking like taking pictures. Doing we, we eat the cost. No, you don't. We do. Wow. So the thing is, like people that, that even go down that path, like homes are selling so quickly. If anybody's really interested, you know, and, and homes are selling for crazy high prices. That's yeah, we've had, on my street alone, we've had three sell in the last month. And all three sold within like two days. Yeah. They're all over asking price. And it's just, it's fast. So, it's quick. so if a home's going to sell in two days, why pay tens of thousands exactly. of dollars? Never. It doesn't make any sense. And it's not a knock on realtors because they, they, they do help you negotiate. There, there are some things they really are intelligent about that they can guide you through the process. But it, the model is messed up. That's what's wrong. The high commission fees make absolutely zero sense. And with our model of making money on the loan, the title, the insurance, we can subsidize that realtor fee being so low to the consumer. So we charge 2000 bucks at close, but you sign up with us, you don't pay anything until it sells. Yeah, that's crazy. That's cool. Um, so like as appraisals and stuff, is that all automated as well? Like it how is. does that work when I sign up and I say, and the appraisal would come like kind of when it was close to selling, right? Or something. There's yeah, a couple well, I mean, how does, how does that call? Like when I say, I want to sell my house for $500,000, like what are you guys looking at to say, well, we think you should list it for four fifty. So every realtor, including us, has access to the MLS data to where we pull Compar all Just of, look at comparisons, look right? Look at comparables. And then we have software as well that helps. You're basically your own MLS too. I mean, can't you, I mean, you guys can pull your own comparables up, like a homing comparable. Absolutely. But, but we always reach out to the market. I mentioned okay. we're seven and a half percent. So still, you know, 92 and a half percent out there. So we grab all those comps and we have a, a pricing team instead of like you, we're, we assign you a realtor, but we have a pricing specialist team that all they do all day, every day is price homes. So again, the, the traditional agent does three deals a year. They're also your professional pricing agent, three deals a year. I mean, our, our guys do that, you know, every couple hours. So they do thousands of homes throughout the year. So they get really good at pricing homes to know right where it is. And then they give you strategies like you might want to list a little low and get people frothing, you know, and, and coming mm -hmm. in and making offers so that you create a bidding war. You know, you can start high if you want, like they'll give you the different rationale behind it. But here's the biggest problem that people don't understand is when you go to hire an agent to help you buy a home, buyer agents and realtors are allowed to tell you that it's free to hire them. And that's the biggest load of crap ever. If the home that they're taking you to isn't going to pay them the full 3% commission, they're going to tell you it has a cracked foundation. They're going to tell you, oh, this home is overpriced where, you know, they'll say, but you need to see this home. Like we can hurry. We know you found this home on Zillow. We'll take you through it. So they're going to push you to a home that they're going to get, 3 they're going to get paid. From. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And so, being aware of that is one of the keys. So when you list your home with us, we tell you, look, we haven't disrupted this industry yet. Most people are clueless when they hire their cousin or whatever buyer agent. They don't realize that those agents are going to steer them away from homes because nobody wants to work for free. And it's not that, you know, as a seller, you don't want to just say, yeah, work for free. Right. But the, the way that the structure works is you as the seller are supposed to pay the bill of the buyer's agent. 
Not one of our sellers wants to pay anything. But the traditional going rate is 3%. So if you pay 2%, you could probably get away with 2%. If you pay 2.5, you'll be pretty safe. If you pay 3, great. But saving the money with us, you could actually pay up to 5.5% to a buyer agent. And if you did that, those guys would be beating down your door, telling yeah. their clients, this is the best house I've ever seen, best condition. You need to buy this thing. It's going to be on the, it's going right to be gone. Now. Yeah, I have 12 other clients that I'm showing this home to tonight. Yeah. So you can play their game if you do need to sell quickly and still save money with us if you wanted to pay. Because 3% is the... It's not a fixed commission. Every realtor you ever talk to, they'll fight you over this and tell you, it's not fixed, it's negotiable. But the truth is, if it's not 3%, they're not gonna, they're gonna have heartburn in showing it to you. If it's 1%, they're gonna say things about the home and just say like, I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna show this there's, place. There's roots growing in your water line. Yeah, yeah, look, don't I, buy I've this, been, house. this neighborhood is super sketch. You right. know, don't, don't buy here. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Um, and we have thousands of examples. Like I'm not making that up. I have recordings. Oh, yeah. I have emails. I have screenshots. So agents that are that may be listening, they'll be like, "He's making that up." I have thousands of screenshots, examples of this type of behavior. Yeah. Here in Utah, Arizona. And obviously, I mean, there's good eggs. No question. Right. No yeah. question. But the bad eggs. Again, we all know bad eggs ruin ruin a lot of the reputation and, for the good eggs. And it's not even that they're bad eggs. It's that the commission structure is built that way. If it's set up to where the seller agent, that's where they make their money, but their client is the buyer, like it's just messed up. Like they should be paid by the buyer. If you, whoever you hire, you should pay. You shouldn't force somebody else to pay whoever right. you hire, right? So yep. it, it's, again, nobody wants to work for free. So if I were an agent on that model, I'd probably want to skip a home. That's where like, it's, it's hard to say a bad egg. It's just a screwed up industry. True, true, true. Yeah. Well, they really, it boils down to, they don't, they might not, they might not have your best interest in mind. Yeah. They have their best interest in mind. That might be the best home for you, but they're not going to get paid. Yeah. They're going to get paid more in a different home. This is exactly, it's, it's funny that you say this because there's a lot of healthcare brokers that are the exact same way. Like, how do we make the most money off of you? I don't really care if this is a good product for you, but we're going to, we're going to get it in here because we get a higher commission. There's a lot of industries with yeah. messed up commission models and incentives. It's not just the realtor industry, yeah. but, but this industry, I mean, the most people get their worth or get their, like build their net worth through home ownership in America. But the majority of people give away half of it in commissions is what they don't realize. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, so is it safe to say that a lot of like traditional real estate agents hate you guys? If you want traction fair? on this, on this specific podcast, <laughs> go post it on a few realtor forums. Dude, that'd be great. What'd you do? Uh, I don't, yeah, I I don't want them to hate me though. I, I want them to hate kidding. me. I'm never using an agent ever. I will never use an agent. A homie agent. I, oh, a homie agent. Yes. But not, no, I'll never use it. Yeah. Traditional agent. So you're in Utah and Phoenix and anywhere, Vegas and Vegas. And we we're opening Boise and Denver. Okay. What does it take? Are there certain requirements that you guys have to fulfill to get into a new state? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, it's heavily regulated by the government. So, you know, we have to set up an insurance brokerage. We have to set up a, a mortgage company title, real estate brokerage. So just setting those up, there's laws and hoops we have to jump through. 
but it's also the most powerful lobby group in the nation. Hmm. So every, everybody in, in a government has some real estate background. Like it's a very high likelihood. Yeah. Like here in Utah, Governor Herbert is a former realtor. A lot of the other legislature, there are former realtors, you know, land developers, different things there. And so it's really, um, you know, we, we have to have excess cash to hire lobbyists so that uh, when, when they try to change laws against us, yeah. we can fight against that. It's, it's really difficult there. And then beyond that, I would say our biggest problem is that people can get a license and become a realtor in three weeks. So those numbers of 19,000 agents, like that's growing. People just go get their license because so you can make an extra nine grand on a quick home sale. It's good money, you know, and yeah. I'd, I'd recommend people going and getting their license for that reason, other than you're charging people an excessive amount of money. But what we see, so I, I mentioned this is the biggest problem we have is education. And it costs a fortune to educate people like all of our billboards, all of our radio ads, like I'm sure you guys have learned something. Oh, dude, my, my favorite one is the best change since two-hour church. Yeah. That's, the, that's the best one. So, someone has <laughs> a, I, my, my co-founder's father-in-law came up with an uh, alternative to that, the best change since 10-minute church <laughs> with COVID. Are you going to put that up? Are you going to put <laughs> that up? Dude, that's amazing. <laughs> no, no. But the thing is, like, we can't, like, you can't educate people driving 80 miles an hour down the highway. Like, it's, it's supposed to no, drive people can't. to our website. Right. And it's easy, like, to just talk to your realtor buddy, and they'll say, oh, homie's terrible. Don't go with homie. Go with me. And you then might not even go to the website to check us out and understand what I just shared with you guys. So yeah. the hardest problem is, is homes that are selling so quick. Like, our clients' homes might get 10 separate offers. Only one person is going to win that home. The other nine buyers that have agents that are competitors with us, their agents tell their buyers, homie lost you that offer. They didn't even look at it. And in reality, like by law, we have to present every offer and to get high client satisfaction scores, our clients want to see every offer. Right. So yeah. it doesn't, but that doesn't stop them from saying homie lost you this home. Because people buying a home are not clients of homie. Not, no. The people that list the home are your client. So it's like, yeah, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. yeah and so a, there's forums, like there's this 25,000 person forum on like, it's like LDS mamas or something like that on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And there's somebody will ask a question about homie and it's so hard not to chime in because my, you know, my wife and I share an account and she's a member of it, but like somebody will say, Oh, don't use homie. I bought a home that was listed by home and it was terrible. And it, it was her agent that told her that. Right. You know, yeah. and, but I mean, that was her experience as yeah. a consumer with her agent telling her that. And that is so difficult. Like how, how do you overcome that with one home with 10 offers, only one person wins. So the other nine buyers don't get it. And we have competitors that know that we're changing the market and they tell their buyers, like we should just avoid homey homes in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and the truth is like BYU recently did a study and, and showed that we're selling homes faster and for more money. So yeah. the statistics are all in our favor. Again, that's part of the consistency. That's, you know, part of our agents being experienced, not doing three deals only a year. So it's And is there something to where if I have an agent, but I'm still I still find houses on homey, right? And I don't win the house I want. Homey can't reach out like an agent can't reach out from homey and say Hey, sorry you didn't win. 
here's like 12 other homes that were looking right at you because then you're because they already have an agent so it, it'd be another agent like poaching a a, a client of an agent. It's illegal. Right? It's illegal for you, us to reach out. So you couldn't even, even if you wanted to, which would be amazing to say, hey, we know you didn't win here, you know, or, or do it for free. Don't do it as an agent, but do it as, as something else like homie just saying, oh, dude, here's 10 other homes that were exactly what you're looking for. You can't even do that. We can't even do that. Because that would be, that would, that would at least give some, not leave such a bad taste in there. Well, and, and here's an example. I posted on homie uh, two weeks ago on how proud I am of our agents. And a, a buyer of an, that hired a competitor commented and said, no, you're terrible and your agents are terrible. And he said, I was sitting outside for an hour waiting to get into the home, uh, one of your homey homes, and your agent didn't respond. Well, what we do for all of our clients is we put a lockbox on your door that has your key and only realtors can come unlock that lockbox to go show homes whenever. And our client was like, yeah, it's open, go show the home whenever. So we put the lockbox on well, this guy's agent didn't have a key. He didn't have it. He didn't bring his realtor key. He forgot it. Well, that realtor didn't tell his client that. Of course he didn't, right? Of it's, course he didn't. Yeah. We but can't he, get in. Yeah. And it's homie's fault. So the realtor was calling us and the realtor was actually really kind. Like we have everything recorded. We have all of the time frames of when they call us and they're like, Hey, you know, I, I don't have my key. Can you get it open? And it took 20 minutes for our realtor to respond which I don't think is the end of the world. I mean, they called five times in those 20 minutes. And then at 20 minutes, our realtor responded, called the seller, the seller's like, I'm not home, I can't open it. But our neighbor has a key, call them. So we called the neighbor, got the neighbor to come open it. They got in the home in 35 minutes. But the comment on LinkedIn, he's like, I tried to buy one of your homie homes. Your realtor didn't respond, they're unresponsive, they're terrible. I cannot, like right now he's under contract. He ended up buying it with his realtor. And legally, I can't tell him that story. So, you can't even tell him that. So it's it's a bad comment on my post that his realtor okay, told him. You how can't awful say. We are. Is that like so frustrating? Mm -hmm. Be like, there's got to be a back door. To I want to tear this way, guy. There's got to be a way that there's a team, like a, a, a happiness department team, here <laughs> that aren't agents, that aren't like that. You can actually then combat some of this, just like over the top niceness. If if I were to reach out. You know, like we would then be turned into the division of real estate as we are already all the time. All the time. Yeah. So I had a lawyer who spent over 40 hours just working a few investigating investigations that were sent our way. So like we have got to dot every I cross every T or we're the bad guy. And that's what, that's why this industry hasn't been disrupted. It is so incredibly hard hmm. and frustrating. Yeah. Like half of our reviews are from competitors or their clients. doesn't mean that we don't have bad experiences. I mean, we've had clients that have had bad experiences and we make mistakes and, and we've had to re refund people and say, yeah, look, we messed up. Just like happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. But I mean, like it, it's crazy. It's crazy that like they've, they've come together. Like all these realtors, we have a chain of comments saying, Hey, let's all go on and leave homie bad reviews. And they do. And, and we have all of those listed showing all these realtors that had that conversation. And there was one good realtor in there, took a screenshot of that and sent it to us and said, hey, I'm not participating in this, but all these other guys are doing this to you, want to make you, you aware. You should use that, like, use that to your advantage. Billboard that says, yeah, <laughs> 2.4 stars on Google has a 99% customer satisfaction. <laughs> Something yeah. It's like, we'll take it all day long. I mean, that, that's crazy. I mean, not that I don't even know what your reviews are, but. It sounds like you can just get, yeah, it, it, the masses can come bomb, bomb, yeah, bombard you 
to 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 yeah, I mean, screw your ratings on some of these lo- some of these sites that do matter in yeah, a lot of cases. They all matter. I mean, reviews matter for all of us. And so to me, like honestly, if you guys asked any of your friends who bought a home that wasn't with Homie, if they said, "How was your experience with your realtor? Did you look at any Homie homes?" You'll probably hear, "Oh yeah, it was terrible. It was awful." And it's like, "Well, you use their direct competitor. It's like, did you expect a taxi driver to say good things about Uber? You know, yeah, right. not yeah, going to yeah. happen. No. So, no. But yeah, so that's the biggest challenge. So when we go into every market, we have to have a ton of cash, flood the market with <clears> messaging, <throat> educate as much as possible, get actual clients to then leave us reviews, actual clients to spread the word. And the good thing is it is a no-brainer. It's, yeah, use Homie and save $10,000. So... We do testimonials and we ask our clients, we don't tell them what they save, they tell us like, I saved 14 grand, I saved 26 grand, I saved 10, you know, like, it's insane, but we average about $10,000 in savings. Like, I don't know what company can offer any consumer a $10,000 savings versus the traditional method, right? The education, like you said, that seems like that's, that's the biggest part. Yeah. What percentage of your agents that you have currently come from other firms? All of them. All of them. Yeah. I mean, so nobody was like, Hey, I'm, I'm getting my real estate license. I want to go work for homie. Like it's pretty much 99.9% or I worked for X company. I want to come work for you. We try to find experienced agents that have closed several deals that know the process. That's easier for us than having to retrain. Um, but we have hired people right out of school. And we have got helped people that in our company that said, hey, I want to be a realtor and move away from a different division and we'll have them go through school. The pro- like one of the problems though with, our, with this industry, like one of the past presidents of our association, he did a mandatory realtor training for all the newbies and our, our new realtors were in that meeting and he's just telling everybody how terrible homie is and how to be homie. <laughs> and your employees are sitting there in the It's trainings. our own association that we pay dues no. to. Yes. You know? oh yeah. God, and so dude. our yeah, one of our employees recorded it so that we could send it to our association and be like, "Hey guys, can you can you help us out? <laughs> can we not do this? <laughs> can we, we not do this?" <laughs> oh my god. That's awesome. Well, it's true though. I mean, I do remember there was like there was one time you had like five, 3 to 5 billboards in a row. I thought that was pretty clever. Because it was just like, you know, just the messaging, it, it, did, it did kind of help. Like, okay, I get a little bit more here, but one billboard cannot do it. And, and I don't even, I mean, you probably don't do commercials, but I don't even remember, I, I, I hardly remember social media ads, but I probably don't search for the right stuff mm-hmm. and it doesn't pop up for me. But We blast social media oh, ads, we do, we do commercials, we do radio <clears throat> ads, you name it, we're doing it. Yeah. So this is partly why we've had to raise money. It costs so much, but... We're trying to get in front of the public as much as humanly possible. Who was your first raise with? Um, it was with a company called Peak Ventures and yeah. an, an angel out of uh, Park City who's one of my favorite people, uh, Mike Leventhal, one of the best investors in the in the country. Yeah. He was a VC in, Sil- in Silicon Valley for 25 years then moved to Park City and he's funded and been in, been the angel investor so for most was, of these startups. Around so he was your yeah. an angel for you and then you did you did a round after that. We did it in conjunction with him and Peak Ventures. It's okay, now so called Al- like, Album. Okay. And then we've raised from Kickstart and, and a bunch of other local firms. AIM. Uh, so many people have put money into our company at this point. And yeah. it, I think everybody sees that it's inevitable. Like it's it's going to work and be big. And and here in Utah, it is working. It's, it's going exceptionally well. Like 
And it, just opening up these other states, we're seeing all that same kickback. And that's why we have to keep raising money. Right. It's just every state's a new fight. Yeah. Next. It's almost like a new company. Yeah. And yeah. that's why we can't just launch nationwide and make it like, hey, yeah. anybody can use us. You got to get licensed in every single state. You have to fight the different lobby groups. You have to fight the associations in certain instances. You have to fight the divisions of real estate, the government, yeah. because they're so used to doing business with the local associations that they're buddies. And it doesn't mean they're corrupt. It's just that they're buddies and they're used to doing yeah. things the oh, same yeah. way. Oh, yeah. And there's some that are corrupt. The old boys, dude. <laughs> the old boys group. So, so next five, ten years, how many states do you want to be I, in? I think we'll be nationwide in five years. Five years yep. nationwide. Okay. Yeah, this next year I think we'll raise a big chunk of money and we'll open up like maybe ten metro areas. Um, and then after we prove out 10 metro areas, there's going to be another bigger VC that says you've proved 10 metro areas on top of the four you already had. So, you, you know, like, let's go to the rest. And so it's just a fundraising game. So you just raise more money. So our seed round, you know, we raised, uh, you know, a couple million. Our, our Series A, we raised 10 million. Our Series B, we raised 23 million. This next round, we expect to raise 50 to 60 million. And that's going to get us in 10 new metros. So, I mean, it's pricey. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and it's interesting because sometimes when you get into those series D, E, F, what, you know, you go down the line, you think sometimes the perception of the company is like, damn, they're not, they can't make it work. That's why they have to keep raising money sometimes. Right. But in this regard, it's just like, it works so damn well and you want to dominate. You have to, I mean, you're going to have to raise or, or eventually maybe just raise like we need eight billion dollars, and we're just gonna that go last world, one, and we're going, we're going all at the same time. It's a you know three year plan, just 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 domino effect across. Yeah, the country. and and all these venture capitalists, they are brilliant, and they're not going to give you money if they aren't going to make money. Yeah, exactly. Right, and so it's a battle. Like we we pitch investors almost every other day. Like investors really? call in and just say, hey, we're thinking, you know, we want to know about your business, and we want to keep them interested. Because we don't, you know, once once we uh, prove out the areas and the plan that we have, then we want to raise money and go to these next areas. We could just stay in Utah, you know, or just stay in Vegas, Phoenix, where we are, and build a huge company. But the thing is, like, we know this is needed nationwide. Yeah. And, and it's not about, you know, the money. It's about helping the consumer save cash and changing the industry. That's why people have joined our business. That's why realtors are coming from other companies, too. They want to see change in this industry. You know, not everybody that's joined us is making the same amount of money they were making before. The passion is what has brought people over. Yeah. Like, you know what? I want to be part of disrupting an industry. And that's what you guys are doing. Yeah. And it, going back to I was thinking, it was, I mean, you're really starting a new company in the new metro, metropolitan area because they don't know who homie is. And you're, 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 you're going back to square one. It's like, crap, we got to start this fight all over again. Educate, educate. The real estate, real estate agents are going to give us bad reviews. I mean, it's really, it's like, all right, back to square one. Um, but there, there's a little bleed. Like, is there a little bleed? Okay. Yeah, there's people that live in Idaho that have family here. I guess, yeah, I guess if you're, if you're knocking down these cities that are, you know, at least closer Close, to yeah. each other, state Vegas, to state. Yeah, Arizona. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so there is. But if a, you went from here all of a sudden to Georgia, you know, you're in it'd Atlanta, be it'd be, yeah. Yeah, but what we did with Arizona, because of that, this was fun. We actually, as a company, decided to run for Senate. There was a Senate seat open. Jeff yes, Lake Yes, I remember this. Jeff Lake. Yep. He was a senator, and he 
I yeah. decided to, to retire from politics. Uh, yeah. And so his seat was open and um, we hired we hired a consulting marketing agency and they gave us that idea and my head of marketing just loved it, came to me and within like 15 seconds, I'm like, do it. So we did Homie for Senate, homieforsenate.com. We put up 500 campaign signs throughout the city of Phoenix, four, four feet by four feet, huge campaign signs that said, vote for Homie. <laughs> and it was hilarious. Uh, dude, and, that was amazing. But guess who hated it? The Realtor Association. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> so they called all the news stations saying, these guys are confusing voters. They're making a mockery of this. And so I was interviewed on all the TV stations, which was great for us. Right. right? Yeah. This is what worked. So these reporters are like, hey, so tell us about your vote for homie campaign. Are you confusing voters? You know, and we're like, look, if Arizonans can't figure out that homie isn't a real candidate, you guys have bigger issues. You know, and they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, our people are, you know, that you're right. And we're like, they're smart. They're smart. You know, they had to report on it, but I mean, everybody knew it was, you know, some random company just, uh, you know, <clears throat> using that as a, as a PR play. Oh, yeah, that's a brilliant campaign. And, and we were like, we were happy to win. If, if people would have vote, voted for us, we were the most <laughs> fiscal conservative candidate. If you look at, if you look at all of the money we would save Arizonans, it added up to over $1 billion. So if people wanted a tax break, we would vote for homie. automatically vote for homie. You'd have a billion dollar tax break as a, as a city. And that would put on average 10 grand back into the pocket of every citizen. So we, we had a really good campaign. <laughs> yeah, you did. It was like all put together. It was dude, pretty, that's awesome. It was fun. I love it. Okay. We're going to switch gears. If I ever ran, dude, I would, I would still do orange soda at the drinking fountains. Orange soda at the drinking fountains. Yeah. Back <laughs> in like elementary days. Dude, we're going to put in orange soda. Fruit, Those fruit kids punch. always won. Dude, I know. Yeah. Dude, they always won. Um, recently on LinkedIn, you've been doing a lot of stuff about mental health and stay, right? Yep. Tell me about that. What is, what is stay? Yeah, and, and Room Here is another event. I'm actually um, on the board of Room Here. We're doing our launch today. So Room Here. Called, it, was that? Room Here? Room Here. Like there's room here to be vulnerable. There's room here to talk about mental health. Okay. And, and you're so, doing, so I'm, I'm on the uh, one of the subcommittees, the board for sure. I mean, you're going to speak, you're on the panel, right, for yeah. for the mental health panel. Yep, that's right. And, um, you know, it's it's just become a passion of mine, like, Typically, when you think of mental health, I don't know how, how it is for you guys, but when I've talked to people, you typically tie it to like mental illness or suicide. Yeah. And the truth is like, there's something called mental fitness and it's just understanding like what's in your head. It's, it's becoming like when you're defensive, when you're offended by somebody, you're putting meaning on something that's not there. In most instances, like people are trying to be offensive. Like you're arguing with your wife. It's like, I can't believe you said this. It's like, well, that's not what I meant. But you know, it's like you automatically went there in your head. And so there's mental fitness tools that can help you stay level headed. And, and to me, like we've rolled this out at my company, we've rolled out, we had a therapist come by, um, partly because of all the backlash we've had. It is painful. It I does bet. hurt. And it is, and you do take it personal. Like all the hate mail that I've received, I've taken that personally. And so using these tools, I can, I can see that I can now like look at it and say, no, that's on that person. That person's angry. They're full of venom. You know, they're they're They just want to come after me. I don't have to take that on in my life. 
And so I've used these tools to really help me stay balanced and grounded. And every company has drama, right? There's drama at work almost nonstop. But rolling this tool out, we've helped to eliminate drama in the workplace. But the, the, the best thing is to just be vulnerable and open and talking about your mental health because raising money from venture capitalists hasn't been easy and the pressure that I feel to execute at times has been overwhelming. And again, that's a choice that I'm choosing to be overwhelmed and understanding that it's a choice helps me to know that I can choose to get out of that overwhelm or choose to get out of stress or anxiety. So it's really helped given me tools to go into my board meetings 100% confident, you know, and what if they're mad at me? What if they want to fire me? What will that mean about me? You know, I, I know that my worth never changes. And so as I've learned these principles and understood my worth never changes, I've been doing my best. If they want to treat me poorly in a board meeting, that's on them. They probably had a bad day. I know my board. They actually are very kind individuals. And if there is something they want to challenge me on, they don't, you know, come after me on it, but right. they'll point out like, hey, why are we struggling here? Like you said you were going to do this and I can explain what happened. And if they want to part ways with me, you know, that's their decision. Now that I've raised as much money as I've had, um, they have control. But like getting to a place of like, what's your biggest fear? And then working on that to be okay. So like one of my fears was getting fired after we yeah. raised enough money. I'm like, my company's going to be taken from me. But instead of sitting there stressing, worrying about it, I've worked on that fear to where if that happens, I know that doesn't mean anything about me. I'm still me. My worth doesn't change. That's their choice. I'll fight for myself and right. say like, here's why I think you might be wrong. Or if, <clears throat> if I am consistently missing my numbers and this board who's invested money in us, they find a CEO that they think can take this company and make their equity worth so much more, it's going to make my equity so much more. And so why would I want to get in the way of that? So I've worked through that mentally. So room here is bringing mental health to the workplace and creating more of an open dialogue around it. So there's not that stigma and, and kind of like fear around it. Right. Um, and since I've opened up telling my own employees, like one of my company meetings, I, I got up in front of everybody and just said, guys, I've been trying to, I've been trying to, please you and, and I care about what you think. Like I've put so much meaning on what they think about me. I eliminated that. And so I'm like, all these company meetings from now on, I'm gonna be myself. And I'm gonna stop caring about what you think of me. And because that was what was best for my own mental health. And I didn't know how that'd be received. They, they just gave me an applause immediately. And that was really touching. They were like, yeah, we want you to be you. We don't want you to fake it and try to be controlled. So I'm so much more authentic and real and I feel free from a lot of that like mental anxiety of like, oh, I got to appear this way. I got to look this way. I got to do this. I got to drive this car. I got to have this house. I got to have this image where none of that matters. And that's all meaning you're putting on different things. So like going to the other aspect of things of suicide, I've had family in my life that have committed suicide. And as I've gotten to see some of those experiences. I have a really close family member that attempted suicide and I stopped him in the middle of it. And I just, I just caught him. And it was, it was like a miracle that I was there at that time. But leading up to that point, I could see where his mind was taking him. 
and we dwell on negativity. We dwell on thoughts, and then you, there's a certain point where you can spiral out of control. Absolutely. You don't get sleep, and then with that sleep, you, 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 there, there's physical, chemical reactions that can then cause you to then um, go into a deep, dark depression. And so I want to steer as clear as that, so I just don't even want to have stress, anxiety, or overwhelm in my life at all. So, you know, th th that's so far into the spectrum, but as I've opened up and shared these principles with people that work with me, I've had so many come up and tell me they're suicidal or tell me that like, man, my life is hell right now. And I'm like, how are you doing your job? How great is the client receiving, you know, like what kind of experience is that for yeah. the client? They might be putting on a show, but then they go back and they just crash. And, and we all have people like that that work all around us and we don't know because we're taught as I was as a cowboy, cowboy up, man up, don't yeah. talk about your feelings. That's, that's yeah. sissy stuff, you know, but the truth is it's, we're all human. We all have feelings that we need to express or we're going to tuck those up in and they're going to blow up later on on somebody or on ourselves. Yeah. So that's where, and then stay is just a clothing company I found online yeah. that they're headquartered here in Utah and I love them and I support them. And this, uh, this little A is a Delta sign and it means change. So it's, you know, anybody who's looking to take their life, like the best thing you can do is stay, but change, grow. There, okay. there, there's an excitement, there's exhilaration to learning and, and broadening yourself and your skills. And so I love that mission of change while staying, while staying. Like my wife and I are both have both become life coaches in this program that we've studied or mental fitness coaches is what we, yeah. we now uh, are called. But, um, she's not the same woman I married and I'm so glad she's changed. She's grown. She's, she's so incredibly intelligent and she's becoming more intelligent and I'm trying to keep up with her learning these principles of how to help others heal, not cope. That that's one of the differences. Like I hate that current mental health typically tells you, you know, take a pill, this is who you are. You'll never be able to change and you're going to have to cope with this. Yeah. So I, I, I choose to have a different belief that you can actually heal and that you have control over that more than you know, not to say there aren't real illnesses or struggles that medicine yeah, couldn't exactly. help because there are, you know, and some of my close family members, doctors and therapists that have given them medicine and diagnosed them. It's been life changing for them in a good way. But for the most part, I think we can choose responsibility for our own thoughts, feelings, and actions and grow as individuals. So super passionate about that. That's stuff. awesome, yeah. dude. That's, That's amazing awesome, stuff. Yeah. I appreciate you being open and vulnerable about that. Cause yeah. it, I mean, it is a big issue. It's a big topic. And I think a lot of people, I mean, I imagine just being an employee of homie and having their CEO come in and, and say those things like allows them to feel like they can be open. Like just, just that, Right, just that meeting that you had, that alone, I imagine allowed a lot of people to be like, you know what? I feel the same way. Like, I want to be myself. I want to be open and vulnerable. Yeah, I, I want to stop worrying about what other people think about me. Yeah. Like, that's a super common thing, right? And so every Wednesday from noon to one, I hold an open meeting. And so with these principles that I've learned, like uh, today's Thursday, yeah, so yesterday at noon, we, we talked about boundaries. We talked about um, uh, micromanaging. Like micromanaging, you wouldn't think is a mental health issue, but it is. You're not trusting that individual. Why? What's going on up here in your mind where you're not trusting that person? 
like to a degree, people need to be trained. They need to be taught. So that's not necessarily micromanagement. But if they're trained and taught and they're experts in their field, you stepping in is only a reflection of your own fear. You're scared something's not going to get done. And then when you follow up with somebody as well, you're following up in fear because you think they didn't do the job right. Mm -hmm. Instead of following up as like a helpful leader, like, hey, how's this coming? What can I do to help? You know, what other resources do you need? You know, do you need to brainstorm? Help me, help me remove barriers. Like it's a totally different follow-up and that's all up here, but we're not trained on it. Like, I don't know why we didn't learn this as children in school, but I'm telling you, like it's helped me to be a better leader and not manage in fear and not, you know, and, and get rid of that. Again, that liberty, that freedom that I feel because of these tools, it's been insane. That's where, that's where like, I probably sound like a fanatic. I've had a few people tell me I'm a fanatic. But <laughs> it's a good thing to be a fanatic yeah, about, I man. I mean, I agree. Sounds like you guys are doing amazing stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, well, we, we end every episode with a few questions on the lighter side. Great. I got something new I'm going to try out yeah, here. If Brandon threw some other <laughs> stuff your way, I'm, I'm ready. Oh boy, we're going to we see. Go. We're going to see if you can tell me these uh, songs. Oh, I, just I, by their I lyrics. Can. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't, I don't know if they're new. Probably not. No, I'm, not new. Not new. We're I'm, going old school. I'm an old guy. Okay. <clears throat> Police think they can see me lean. I'm tint, so I ain't easy to be seen. When you see me ride by, they can see the glean. And my shine on the deck and the TV screen. Ride with a new chick like she hold up next to the PlayStation controller is a full clip and my pistola turn a jacka into a coma. <laughs> okay. So, oh so, my gosh, so first off, when it comes to like hip hop and rap, I mean, I'm bad with lyrics just as it is. And most hip hop rap lyrics I can't even understand, you know, mm. so I just try to make it up. So I have no clue, but I'm going to guess that, Give us that a that's hint. Nelly. Is that uh, Nelly? Give, no, give us like a is, years. Like, is this before your high school? No, this is like 2006. Is oh, hell. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, if this was the 90s, dude, I could maybe get close. That's, that's the thing. You hit me with the 90s. I'm good. Early 2000s, maybe. 2006? Okay. Yeah, 2006. Well, there, there's one on here I think who, you're going to get. Who was that? Who was that, by the way? That was Chameleon Air, Riding. I don't even, I couldn't Chame tell you what? one song. That I don't even know you, what that if is. If you hear the song, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I know oh, exactly yeah, what it is. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Nice, All right. Dude. Next one. Okay. Oh, I never boy. would have gone that ever. No. When I pull up out front, you see the bends on dubs. When I roll 20 deep, it's always drama in the club. Now they heard I roll with Dre. Everybody show me love. Dre. When you sell like Eminem, you get plenty of groupie love. I'm, I'm thinking 50 Cent. Ding, ding, ding. 50 Cent. 50 Cent. 50 dude. Cent in the is club. Is he a Dre guy? Did, did I say that right? 50? 50. 50. 50. Yeah, you can't go 50. 50. Uh, five's 50 cent. That's not the one that I thought you were going to get. I think you're going to get 50 this cent. one. 50 cent. That's good. Okay. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I knew that song too, because I was, I knew the, I knew the rhythm. Yeah. Da, 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 yeah. And obviously I could go to the beat, but I'm not going to do Don't go to the beat. <laughs> that <laughs> that's, makes it too easy. Okay. <laughs> you hear the echo man. I seen the best go. Cause he ain't, excuse me. Cause he ain't have this metal. I'm a hustler's hustler, a pusher's pusher. You bust a, a customer. Yeah, I mean, this white boy from Montana is not going to get that one. <laughs> um, so okay. this is this is the one that is this a I little said, older? It's like yeah, two thousand five, two thousand six. I said, "Be fish." What song? And oh, he did, said, "Did he know it?" Yeah, he said, "Make it rain." 
Oh, make it rain. Fat Joe featuring Lil Wayne. He just texted that to me yesterday. He make te- it what? That's funny. He texted me these <laughs> lyrics yesterday. Did he? And I said, what? <laughs> and then he played the clip, and I haven't listened to that clip message. And Dude, then I saw you, him drive you by. You would have got that. I would have nailed it. You would have nailed it. Make yeah. it rain. Do I even know make who the rain. hell these people so, are? So Brandon Fish and I, yeah, for Entrada, we did a recruiting event up at BYU-Idaho. And we just listened to hip-hop the whole way up and just rocked. And it was, it was amazing. Yeah. So that was one of the songs he played that I didn't know. Okay. So that's from my guy. Because he that's from him. Me, he like, yeah, he made know. it seem like that was like your jam. Like. I know. Well, he made it. <laughs> he made it sound <laughs> like so that in good. the text message. He gave too. you a hint. Yeah. He was just. He was <laughs> teeing it up for you. <laughs> okay. That's good. All right. So that's that's not usual. We we usually do Would You Rather, which yeah, I have. The some. only the only three songs. See, Brandon I'm Fish. See the, see the little oh, unread. Yep. But look at this. He's got it. Play it. Hey, play it into the mic. Play that. Well, I don't. I don't know if it's appropriate here. Brandon Fish. You know, Fish is sending you the clean, what if it's clean version. Singing. Is in his church's. Uh, what if it's him singing? <laughs> I hope so. Please tell me it's him singing. Yeah. <laughs> I make it rain. Yep. Make it rain. He said, "Do you remember that on the way to Idaho?" And I'm like, "Nope, I don't." Sorry. Dude, that's amazing. That's good. That's good. Okay. Um, we have one would you rather question that we ask every time. Okay, oh great. yeah, and okay. that's mine. Well, I usually just deliver it. Okay. Would you rather um, stand on the tee box of the U.S. Open and Tiger Woods comes up and you he grabs his driver and he takes the driver swing right to your shin. Okay, that's, that's the first part. So he's gonna swing as hard as he can just a driver right to your shin. And you're just right to the front of the shin. Or Barry Bonds, home run swing. Steroid era. Steroid era, yeah. Just juiced Barry Bonds. Home run swing to the middle of your back. I'd, I'd probably go with the middle of my back, Barry Bonds. Is there, is there, an, would you, can you elaborate on maybe yeah. why yeah. the back? Cause I mean, when I walk around my house and barely ding my shin on anything, <laughs> I cry like a baby. And it's not Very a swing true. like uh, a Tiger Woods swing. True. So I'm just thinking I would be down for years if that hit a shin. Okay, love yeah. it. I like it. Okay. All right, would you rather have your knees or your elbows bend backwards like a flamingo? So it doesn't hurt. You just no, you're, you're just choosing just, you're just, like it's just backwards, right? So you're not bending this way. You're bending like if somebody. Oh, so you can't go both ways. You just gotta. You yeah, only your, go one your direction. Your arm is just like inverted, and it goes. <laughs> yeah, and, and it doesn't hurt. It's not like no, somebody no, no, not painful. Me. No. Um, this is just for the rest of your life. It's either legs or elbows. Yeah, I could see it being maybe more beneficial with my legs. Like I'm thinking of like, if I was like. Carrying a football, like if your knee could bend backwards, you could do some pretty crazy jukes. Back, kind you kind of, of run like an ostrich, though. But I'm just saying, like in the moment, you got to plant your leg and do like some turn. If you could push off and your muscles could flex and go a different direction, you. I've heard ostriches can run like you'd 60 be untouchable. Miles an hour. Yeah. Love it. Okay. All right. Legs. I just don't. I I couldn't imagine any benefit for the arms doing that. No. Like no. throwing. I don't know if that would necessarily help. Maybe throw backwards like trick passes yeah yeah I guess. But maybe maybe it's a yeah like ultimate frisbee this way yeah. but if i if i could really throw my arm my it would bend this way right yeah so you maybe maybe you could throw further 
You know, I was thinking I like know. ultimate frisbee. You could like see this 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 motion is kind of hard, but if you just wrapped around your head and the frisbee yeah. would actually right go over that there, way. Like, yeah, it'd always be like, dude, you could skip a rock a mile because <laughs> it would be this direction. You wouldn't have to sidearm it, dude. It'd be a natural no. sidearm. Okay. Would you rather fight Mike Tyson for one round or talk like him for the rest of your life? Oh, fight him in a second. One round. I, I would want to do that just right now, <laughs> not, not out of anger, but to say I fought Mike yeah, Tyson. I fought. I got knocked out by Mike Tyson. Have headgear. I just run around. I, you know he's coming back. He's been I've training. Yeah, you seen yeah. that? And yeah. I've seen some video where he still looks quick. Yeah, he looks fast and dangerous. I think he'd kill you even right now with one yeah. punch. Uh, would you rather? So this is noticeably. Would you rather noticeably wear a push-up bra? Hold on. Notice everybody. Everybody can see knows. It. Yeah, you know. Like you're just a dude walking around the push-up yeah, bra. Yeah, or stiletto hills. All day, every day. How long would you have to wear the bra for? All day, every day. Oh, forever? all day, every day, yeah. This is forever. I mean, you take it off at night, I guess. Yeah, but probably, probably the so bra. So you, you don't have to sleep with it on. No, but, but everybody can. knows, yeah. Yeah, the, the bra for sure. Okay. No uh, bills. No, no, no. That would be that, that'd be awkward. It's awkward for women. Like, they, they don't like doing it. Can you wear, like, a man's Spanx <laughs> over sure. your bra? I don't know. You, I mean, you just, no, you just no, know. You no, just know. Like you, you walk know, around, you're like, uh, you can I see, see it through like t-shirts. Johnny's wearing his push-up bra. I can you see can it. See like the wire. Yeah. Hey, this whole work from home thing. Like that's what I'm saying. Like no one's gonna see it. Zoom calls are just neck up. There's just no. Okay. So would you rather have? So as wide as your mouth can open. Okay. So open mouth size nipples, or a nipple sized mouth. <laughs> you're, this, you're ma- yeah, I what mean, it, like, <laughs> so my, my, my nipples are the size of the as wide as I can open my as mouth. As wide as you can open your mouth, or your yeah. mouth is the size of your you, nipples. Yeah, no way, in hell, no. I, it's your nipples are huge. Yeah, because those are hidden. You like, couldn't eat. What are you eating? You're talking Small the nipple of pizza. or the areola? The, yeah, like the whole the, thing. The whole thing. We're yeah. talking like the whole, not just but like. Still, you're just you know you're gonna have a little. Oh my gosh, there's no way. You couldn't yeah. eat anything. Okay. Uh, would you rather wear someone else's dirty underwear or use their toothbrush? A toothbrush. Just once? For a week. I'm going to say a week. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't clarify. I'm going to say for a week. Yeah, toothbrush for sure. Toothbrush. Yeah. Okay. Could you pick the someone else? I'm, I'm thinking that most toothbrushes get rinsed off and cleaned. I, I use my wife's toothbrush yeah. all the time. Never tell her. Yeah. I don't know. What if it's like a really dirty mouth? Like. Yeah. Huh. Gingivitis. Well, ev- everybody's <laughs> underwear is dirty, so yeah. there's a higher likelihood there. <laughs> Probably get, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to go there. Never mind. Um, <laughs> would you rather eat poison ivy or a handful of wasps? Ooh, probably the ivy. I, I don't know the pain difference, but I just don't want to eat bugs. I've never had, I've never had poison ivy. Have you guys? No. Uh, I, stinging nettle. Yes. My little boy had but stinging nettle. Poi- yeah. I don't think I've ever felt poison ivy. Same. Me neither. I, I don't know. I, I don't. That's I think a, the poison ivy. I'd, I'd go with that over this over the wasps. That's like a live animal it's just buzzing around, and you oh, dude, it's stinging you, and you got to chew it up. Yeah, I don't know. Or you chew it before they sting you. I don't know. Oof. Crunch them up. Okay, I need you to think of the person that you dislike the most. Would you rather be stranded on an island alone, or with the person that you dislike the most? Probably with the person I dislike the most. Just learn to love him. I think I could teach him mental health <laughs> principles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. Good. Uh, would you rather poop your pants uh, once a year just by yourself or in, or excuse me, sorry, would you rather poop your pants 
once a year in public, everybody sees it, everybody knows, or every day in private? Oh, public in a heartbeat. Public, I yeah. would choose that. Yeah. Is it random? Like, can you choose? No, yeah, you don't get to choose. It's you just, just like it's you might be public. in a board meeting, like, whoops. Yep. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I'm out. You know what happened? Yeah. <laughs> this happens once a year. You know. Or, I mean, to me, you can blame that on being sick. You know. Because yeah. I've, I've I've had friends, family that were in instances that they were just you know they had diarrhea and yeah bad bad dude. Time. I've shot in church before. <laughs> I had to go home. Came back. I didn't even tell my wife. I left and then I came back. She's like, where have you been for 25 minutes? Like, Getting a donut and a drink. I, I sharded. I just had to change my, <laughs> change my underwear. All right, last that's, that's why the toothbrush, I'd go. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. All right, last one. Would you rather drink two liters of your urine or two liters of sweat? Who's sweat? I'm going to say somebody else's sweat. Just, I'm actually, I'm going to say a random person for both. A random yeah. person, two liters of urine or two liters I, of sweat. I just don't even think it's possible to do that with sweat or with urine. I don't think you can. I mean, maybe in little increments. So I would, I don't know if you can with sweat, but it seems like sweat, you can, I mean, I, yeah. Like a have you ever seen, have you ever sweat. seen Jackass? Mm, well, yeah. There's one of their things they do is Steve, you know, the big guy. Hey, I've big seen heavy guy. Yeah. Yeah. The, I saw Bear Grylls drink. Urine. Did he? It yeah, well, was like Steve, an Australian dude. Steve-O like drank the big guys. They had him running on a treadmill, and they collected it. Of and he sweat. drank his sweat. But liters, dude. You said two liters. Yeah, I'm just saying. I saw him do that, and I wanted to gag and throw up. Yeah, that's pretty bad. But I can't think of drinking urine either, because that'd be awful. Well, if it was my own urine and my own sweat, I think I would probably take my urine Drink a lot maybe of water. I, maybe I get replenished with some of the vitamins that just maybe. Like did you did you did you choose one? Sweat for sure. Sweat. You're going sweat. Oh yeah. Sweat. Random person sweat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, that's it, man. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah. you. It's been awesome. Appreciate Thank, it. Thanks for the pizza. And cut. <laughs>